Hello and welcome to another light reading podcast, a video and audio edition. Uh, I'm live at OFC. This is Phil Harvey. I'm an editor at Light Reading and I'm joined today by Andrew Schmidt, who is the directing analyst and all other things. At That's Sig right. <laughs> yeah, wear a lot of hats when uh, you're running a small company. Yes, it's uh, Signal AI. That's uh, correct. And, and just so everybody gets it, gets it right, it's C-I-G-N-A-L. AI and the address and the yeah the web address is signal.ai. That's right. Yeah, okay. and we focus primarily on market research for the telecom, datacom, equipment, and component sector. And in the in the you know the datacom bit is what sort of uh, captured my attention the last couple of you know I'm, I'm usually covering the telecom side, but of course in, anymore it's all it's it's converging. All of these companies are partnering together, and they're all kind of trying to solve the same problem, which is finding the bandwidth bottlenecks and eliminating them with speed and efficiency. Um, and a lot of those bottlenecks are, of course, in the data center. Uh, is that market been particularly hot and heavy lately, or am I just waking up to it and it's actually been happening oh, it's, it's been a continuous battle. I think you saw yesterday uh, Ashish uh, Bengsakar from uh, Google. Mm -hmm. uh, he talked about what, what they're struggling with, you know, at least in the, in the WAN, and it's identical in inside the data center, is that they're, they're trying to find solutions that are efficient, that are you know, less expensive, and high, have high performance. And yeah. it's a traditional thing like, here's the th three things, pick two. But yeah. they don't have that luxury. So they've been trying to find improvements in datacom connectivity for the last decade, and mm -hmm. it's a constant struggle. Yeah, and it's interesting too, because there's the, the the type of computing that we're doing is going to be changing soon as well with machine learning and AI. You know, it's like the more workloads and the more, uh, I guess, bits of data that require, you know, that kind of uh, analysis or that kind of interaction. That's just a different. It's de definitely different than um, storing and saving. It's more machine like learning in particular is very challenging, and that's been a newer application that's emerged in the last five years. Mm -hmm. and if you think about a neural net, it's all about connections, mm -hmm. and those connections are what uh, are moving from electrical to, to being optical, and that's a major opportunity for vendors here. Yeah, as I, I was going to ask how that's how that's panning out in the market in terms of uh, in terms of numbers and in terms of technology direction. Like, what are the what are the technologies that are uh, you know kind of just out of reach or coming to market soon in that space? Well, specifically for machine learning, it's been done primarily with electrical interconnections. And so you have companies like Infi and Marvell that have supplied all of the PAM4 chips. Mm -hmm. And people typically associate those with client optics um, you know, that are coming out of the front panel of a switch or a router. Mm -hmm. But many of those chips are employed in machine learning applications for interconnect between uh, the matrices. But that is starting to move over to using optics, and that's also an opportunity why people are looking at things like co-package optics. Right, yeah, and the co-package optics is, uh, I guess, a, is that sort of a, a half step between an all between all electrical and all optical uh, connectivity? What you're trying to do is, is, in a traditional switch, you have the plugs that are sitting in the front, so you've disaggregated the optics from the switching function. Mm -hmm. um, by building the optics directly into the switch itself, you eliminate that electrical, con electrical connection and the power that's necessary to, to drive the electrons between the faceplate and the switch, so there's a, there's a lot of power savings, but mm -hmm. obviously there's a lot of trade-offs in terms of complexity when you do something like that. Mm -hmm. What's the um, uh, switching to the, the, the telecom market? Um, what's the most? Uh, well, have you have you heard any? Uh, I guess uh, 
eye-popping or market-moving announcements at the show? Nah, so this OFC typically has at least one big blockbuster announcement, and I can't say that there is one this year, probably because people didn't want to do the, the months of planning in advance of something like that because nobody knew if OFC is going to happen, and, right. and you've been walking around here. I mean, it's, yeah. this place is it's, it's great. It's very big. Yeah. All the companies seem to be here, and even though the floor isn't jam-packed with people, um, the trade show floor has a lot more going on than I would have expected. Yeah. You know, there's just the cover, just the square footage alone is way more yeah. than I thought. Um, so yeah, that's interesting because this is. Uh, I, I would say this is probably seen as a very successful show. Uh, you know, this this uh, edition of it, and a lot of people seem to be enthusiastic at meetings. You know, just getting back out there and that sort of thing. Well, one metric I was responsible for organizing all of the the Market Watch and the Service Provider Summit programming. And a big fear leading up to today was that a lot of the speakers wouldn't show up. And right. I would say at least four out of five people showed up. So, I mean, we're almost back to normal in yeah. terms of having people here. Uh, on the telecom side, though, one of the there hasn't been any big blockbuster announcements, but what we are starting to see is there's been many people looking at the coherent pluggable market, 400 ZR, yeah. and there's a lot of announcements around different derivatives of 400 ZR that, in essence, break the standard in order to get more performance. And so, uh, Acacia made announcements, Neophotonics made announcements. Um, I'm sure I'm forgetting other ones off the top of my head, but there's a number of different companies who are finding ways to add their own secret sauce and build a product that gets better performance if you're willing to part from the standard. And so that's been really interesting. Yeah, that is an interesting, because that's a, you know, uh, service providers that have to make a choice then, you know, or, or the uh, equipment vendors, whoever's packaging it all together needs to make a choice between, do I go with uh, something more interoperable so I can, you know, benefit from a variety of competitors, or do I take what's on the table now and try to get that first mover advantage? Uh, yeah, and what's funny is it's it's companies. There doesn't seem to be a pattern in terms of you know what they've decided to do. Like right. Ashish yesterday from Google talked about how they're only going to use 400 ZR and they're really trying to not use any of these non-proprietary okay. approaches, which I'm kind of surprising. Like they they own their own network. They, you know, they kind of do everything else themselves. Yeah, <laughs> and, but, and then you, you look at some of the more traditional operators and they see the performance and, and the money that they can save by replacing traditional transponders with pluggables and, and they're going all in okay. uh, with proprietary approaches. So hmm. there's no real pattern among like, well, these types of operators have taken this approach and it, it really tends to be more of a function of the culture of the organization. Yeah, that is interesting. Um, in the, uh, in, is there anything uh, that, you know that that seems to stand out to you as a as a uh, a trend to watch. You know as we as we go through the rest of the year. I mean, uh, depending on what part of fiber optics and optical networking you're talking about, obviously there's going to be more fiber to the home and fiber to the business. You know, sort of happening. That seems to be showing up in the forecast and everything else. Um, supply chain issues be damned. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but uh, do, do you see anything uh, anything else we should be on the lookout for? I think the thing that uh, is really going to be worth watching this year is the ramp of pluggable coherent. Okay. There's tons of suppliers. There's tons of demand. Right now, it's supply limited. There's lots of people who are trying to build special things, taking risks, trying to. There's a lot of innovation taking place, and so that's a, a very exciting place with a horizon out to you know OFC next year. I think. You can see people talking about doubling the speeds, doubling the performance, and so we're really just at the beginning of a major new trend in terms of using pluggables as a way to, to do long distance uh, coherent communication uh, in volume. 
Yeah. That's that's the key trend to watch this year when, when I think about everything that's happened. And that makes building out uh, optical networks to, uh, did, what's the limitation on pluggables in terms of being able to, uh, you know, what part of the optical network are they uh, good for and which ones are they not so good well, for? They tend, the performance tends to be less than the, you know, the super duper uh, Apollo level rocket type of, you know, <laughs> do, go right. and just build the most awesome thing you can. Right. Um, but in exchange for that, you get something that's you know higher volume, not necessarily vendor specific. So it's being used in more of the less challenging applications like in the metro. Mm -hmm. And what you know, a lot of these new derivatives are allowing operators to do is start to drive through their traditional Rotom networks. Mm -hmm. And so instead of what, what, what a lot of operators are now beginning to evaluate is do we need to buy standalone optical hardware anymore? Mm -hmm. Or can I just take these pluggable coherent optics and just put them directly in my router and right. eliminate that layer? Yeah. Yeah, that's, a, that's definitely a, a big question for operators, uh, and uh, an interesting one because a few market a few market moves have happened to make that easier. <laughs> you know, Cisco's bought bought into optics and is sure. developing its own, and um, I, th I think Infinera is also trying it, to build. Yeah, something. Infinera is now. Um, they announced at the show that they're just getting ready to sample mid-year mm -hmm. uh, their own pluggables, and and again they have their own special approach with with XR. So yeah. again, it's all along the theme of, yeah, everyone standard standardized 400 ZR, and that's awesome, but people are still trying to find ways to make it even better at the expense of interoperability, and it comes down to whether an operator is comfortable with that trade-off. Excellent. Well, maybe we'll see some, uh, some some bigger announcements ramping up to OFC this time next year. Uh, Definitely, yeah. Hey, uh, uh, Andrew Schmidt, thanks so much for uh, uh, for taking the time, and it's good to see you in person. Hey, it's great to be here. It's great to see everybody here, and uh, it's nice that everyone's back.